Welcome back to Chronically Authentic Podcast. Nice to have you. We're going to pick up where we left off last week talking about the best part of the story that we've been telling over the last two episodes, which is really just kind of my origin story. Like, how did I end up right here, right now, talking to you? I will say it has been nice <laughs> getting to know you, even from my perspective, on a little bit of a deeper level. And while it does kind of suck in ways bringing up all this old stuff, it has been nice to revisit it and also see how far we've come since then. And we haven't, you and I haven't even really dealt with all of the things that we went through or talked about it on a deeper level in a long time. So it's been nice revisiting it and like just recognizing the growth that we've had, specifically you. Yeah, last week was really tough. Not, not even going to really kind of lie about that. It was hard to like kind of relive all those things and like Matt said, like kind of share details that even like he was not in the know on because it's like that's really hard stuff to handle to hear, like even to hear it of myself and like it's my experience. That was the reality that I was dealing with all this shit. So last week we left off the tale where I was really just getting into therapy at my absolute lowest. I had really just started moving my body in like the small amount of ways that I was capable of doing at the time, given the pain and like the psychological place that like I was just in that was not pretty. And, you know, with all that being said, also Matt is literally leaving for deployment. That was October. Bags were being packed and I, our mindset was having to shift for me not being here for much longer. Yeah. And it, it was really difficult. That was my first deployment. Mm -hmm. I was also in like this terrible state. Um, yeah, it was just a concoction of not great things. So the day comes for Matt to leave and I go on base, drop him off. I come home. I'm sobbing the entire drive home because I'm just like so scared. I have no idea what the next six months are going to look like. Was I even going to make it through this? I didn't know anything. Like I literally drove off base that day, like just in terror. Like it was just pure fear. For me, as I'm leaving on that plane too, I knew how bad of a state that you were in, but I also had a helpless feeling where there was nothing that I could do. I couldn't stay home. I couldn't be there for you like I wanted to be. And I knew that you were going to have to do it on your own. And I, I had faith that you'd be able to figure it out, but. What were like your, like your deep thoughts on that? Like where, what was the dialogue in your head when this was going on? Well, we both have a little bit of a history or a past with abandonment issues. And I'd never want to be the one who is the abandoner because I know how bad it can hurt. And so I really felt bad personally that I was going to abandon you. But I knew leading up to this that you were going to find a way out because you have had this resiliency your entire life. I knew that you were going to find a way to get back to the person that you were before or a better version of that. I just didn't know how you were going to do it. I knew that you were going to find something to put your time and effort into and have personal growth. I just didn't know how. And so that's how I left it. I was like, I feel like I'm abandoning her, but she's going to figure it out because that's just the sort of person that she is. Thanks. 
Yeah, and I still feel that way. <laughs> I remember the weeks leading up to Matt leaving, reading books, joining the dreaded Facebook groups, just trying to really get my sights on anything that could mentally prepare me for how to get through this time. That was first and foremost, I will say this. Don't go into military spouse groups, especially when you're in an insecure or a low place. I do not recommend. I feel like, and uh, again, I'm sorry if this is offensive to some of you, but if the shoe fits, that place, like those Facebook groups, I'm sure there are some that are used for really good. I'm sure they exist. However, the majority of them are for the bottom dwellers. I don't know how else to refer to people who only go into groups to talk poorly about service members mm. and being unfaithful. Every person only ran into those groups to talk about or get advice on what I should do because I think or I suspect my person is cheating or I saw it on our, uh, you know, bank statements that they've been going out when they said that they haven't been. So like, I just don't know what to do. And like, I don't trust them. And like, no, like I keep saying this throughout this whole story is like knowing what I know now, had I been consciously aware then mm -hmm. I would have absolutely chimed into all of the comment sections of this and say, you are hella insecure, regardless of if it's wrong or right or whatever is happening, you need to go deal with yourself because there's a lot of unknown and a lot of finger pointing. But really, because I was in that same boat, it was just insecurity. Yeah. And if you think about where we were <laughs> in our marriage at that point and how low self-esteem and insecure we were, I was having to like defend myself against these people and be like, that is not me. I'm not going to be the guy that goes on deployment. And gets I would literally drunk find, and <laughs> I would literally uh, find these stories and I would read them to Matt and be like, this is going to be you. Yeah. It's like, oh, so-and-so <laughs> hooked up with one of their coworkers and now wants to leave me. And you're like, is there any women that work up there with you? And I was, you know, I had only been not drinking for like a year and a half now. So I still wasn't even probably trusted on that front either. So it's like, no. this guy's going to go on deployment. Get drunk and cheat on me. Well, yeah, basically. Yeah, that was the thought. That that was the, yeah. Well, I'll just say this. I went into those groups with the intention of finding people to kind of walk you away from that insecure place. But man, they grabbed you by the shirt collar and dragged you into it. Like They want to wallow in it. Yeah, exactly. And like, I wasn't like suspect that like he was going to go off and like have this affair with somebody else. But like, after I got in those groups, I started thinking about it. Mm -hmm. At least it became a possibility at that point where you hadn't considered that before. Right. And my argument would always be, well, if something happened, I would never know. Like, mm -hmm. how, how how are they going to know? Mm -hmm. How am I going to know? Yeah. Anyway, so I find these groups. They are not helpful. Edith had given me, my therapist, she had given me a couple of like books to read, like the five love languages, like military edition and, you know, whatever. That's all fine and well. Nothing can prepare you. Nothing can prepare you because everyone's experience where they may all be, we, not they, I'm a part of that, where we may all be going through the same situation, every person's experience will be different. So I was looking at, 
you know, I, I ended up finding some people on social media that I, I started following mm -hmm. that I'm actually like friends with now and was looking at, you know, their time away from their person and, and really in the comparison, like, oh, well, if they can, I can. And, and started to really kind of like get my mindset out of the, they have it better. It's easier for them. Like, because I had to kind of swallow that pill that every person's experience is different, but also you don't really see mm -hmm. the wizard behind the curtain, so to speak. People can also put on a good front when their person is deployed. Some people have family structures that allow them to go visit family that are nearby or friends nearby. Everybody's situation is different. Everybody's on a different level. Some people it's their eighth or ninth deployment. Some people it's their first or second. Everybody is different, like you said, and it's you cannot compare yourself to somebody else because one, you don't see how it really is. Like you said, they could be just putting on a front and two, maybe they have more experience at it or their marriage is in a different place. You can't base what you're going to experience off of that. True. So I started following people that were going through the same thing, but I found their experience to be very inspiring. And one of those women, um, one of my really good friends now, but at the time she was just someone on the internet and she was doing 75 hard. And I was watching her and her friend go through these tasks every day, working out twice a day, 45 minute workouts, following a nutrition plan, no alcohol, reading personal development, uh, taking a picture of yourself, all these five things for 75 days. And when I dropped Matt off, I had made this mental commitment to myself. I'm getting out of breath because I'm getting excited. <laughs> I had made this mental commitment to myself that I was going to allow myself one day of sad when he left. Like that was it. I was going to cry about it for that full day. And then I was going to move on. And I was going to commit to doing 75 hard. That was my first time ever doing it. And I was scared. I like was barely working out. How was I going to do two 45 minute workouts a day? Like I was learning all of these new things about my body and having chronic fatigue syndrome and just being tired all the time. And like all of these things, I was just in, like I said, that state of terror. Cause you just, there was so much unknown. I came home. I was crying and sobbing on the back porch with chicken. I have a picture I'll put here. And that night I really just allowed myself to feel what was happening and acknowledge that it sucked. But the next day I woke up at like five in the morning, ready to go. And I started 75 hard that very next day. I'll put a picture here of day one. Can I go back to the part where I only got one day? Like you were only sad about me for one day? That's all I get? <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's fair. Because I was scared that if I allowed myself a week, it would turn into a month and the month mm. would just turn into the whole deployment and it would just Spiral. become that cycle of being stuck in that shittiness. And I didn't, I didn't want that. Like I love you, but I was really getting in the mindset of I love you, but I have to love me more. Oh, yeah. And that is really what kind of birthed this me first movement for myself. Like I prioritized and I still do to this very day, mm -hmm. waking up early every day, getting my workout in, being as 
good as I can when it comes to making good decisions with my food and doing all of these things. So that's something I still do to this day. But at the time, it was a struggle. Mm -hmm. It was hard waking up early because I was having insomnia and I wasn't sleeping. Um, then throw in the fact that he and I are on a 13 hour time difference and trying to coordinate talking to each other and having to wake up even earlier. And those early days were rough trying to get on the same page. Dude, I remember wanting to like murder you because I would want to go to bed at a reasonable time, but that was still really early in the morning for you. And you were like, no, you need to stay up later so that I can talk to you. Well, yeah, because I was waking up earlier to talk to you. So in my mind, it only made sense that he could stay up later to talk to me or wake up earlier, which I think you ended up starting to do is getting up earlier in the day. But yeah, we had managed to find some form of structure Mm -hmm. and balance and then eventually a routine. But I remember finding those free YouTube workouts and I would just do them in the living room. I had one set of five pound weights. I had a yoga mat and I had an empty dining room space where there was a TV that I could pull YouTube Mm -hmm. up. And I, every single day I would, well, once a month, I actually wrote out for the 75 days a full workout plan. So I had everything already, I had a plan. And the goal was every day, I didn't look at the 75 days. I looked at every single day, get through this. Like you just have to get through these five things and then you can do whatever the hell you want for the rest of the day. And that really taught me how to have, like to start a routine. And because I was waking up earlier and doing everything in the morning, I really gained the habit of having a good morning routine, which really just set the tone for my whole day. I would wake up. I would do my workout in the living room. I would eat some breakfast. I would go for a walk and I would be done with my movement before like 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. And then I would have the whole day to go and do whatever. If I was too tired and I needed to lay down and relax, fine, I could. I did the things that I needed to get done, but I never, I never let myself off the hook for those 75 days and I stuck to it. And I remember like day, I don't know, 53, somewhere in the week 50, realized that I was almost done Mm -hmm. and that I had committed. And like, because of these few people that I had found on social media that really inspired me to one, start this, but that just inspired me to keep going. Even on the days where like he and I were, not speaking or in an argument, even on the days where my body felt like it had been run over by a semi truck, like even on the days where I was exhausted, I still got up and I did it because somewhere along the lines with him leaving and all of this other stuff going on and going to therapy and talking about the things and like developing these habits, like I started to notice that the more I pushed through those really hard days, the less of them I started having because I didn't let the bad day or the bad moment control the whole day. Or I didn't let the painful mornings control the whole day. I really focused on just getting it done. Push through, like I know that I'm strong enough. I had spent the last two years fighting through like the shittiest mindset and the worst intrusive thoughts I think I've ever heard 
anyone actually say out loud. But like it was even beyond that. It was beyond thoughts and it became actions. So when those like really harmful actions started like really coming into play, I just something in me like something changed. And I don't know if it was that I actually started realizing that I was one capable of doing these things, but that I was deserving of having nice things. And I think after a lifetime of being told you're not good enough, I don't have time for that. What you need is not a priority. Like those are just things that were just hounded into me my whole entire life. And I stopped playing into that and stopped repeating that narrative to myself. And I started to change the things that I was saying. And I had books like, I mean, I have a bookshelf over there and I have like tons of books on it that were like, not only like personal development, but like guided journals, one of which was called Let That Shit Go. Couldn't tell you the author, but amazing. It really helped me like get some of that anger that I was holding one towards myself for allowing these things to happen. But it allowed me to like forgive the people that were doing these things to me and be able to move on in my life without harboring this like baggage. You weren't the victim anymore. Yeah. That I literally decided, thank you for saying that. I literally decided that I was going to become the hero and save myself because I feel like that was the thing. I kept waiting for something mm -hmm. or somebody to come in and save me and just make all of these things better. You know, Disney really fucked us up in that mm -hmm. way. They always make you think, oh, you're the damsel in distress and all you need is this big white knight in shining armor. I had the white knighting shining armor. His armor needed some polishing, but <laughs> to say the least. he was there nonetheless. And like, I, it wasn't on him. And like, this is something that we have learned over the course of going through all of this. And both of us in counseling and therapy individual has been like him asking me, do you need me to help you fix it? Or do you need a hug? Mm. I need a hug. Yeah. Oh, okay. I got nothing to fix. I just am here with you. Um, I think that us kind of learning that we don't need the other one to fix it. They can't like, because then that means that like my happiness and like who I am as a person mm -hmm. depends on you and your action, but you can't control other people. What if I don't come through on some things? then my whole world crumbles shouldn't be that way it shouldn't be that way but it is that way for a lot of people we have this especially as women we have this intuition or this like i don't know what you want to call it but we have this thing where like we feel or we've been conditioned our whole lives to believe that we need a man or that not needing a man is a bad thing mm -hmm. it's not it really isn't. I need you for some stuff. Yes. But I can do those things without you. It's like, it's not a necessity. Yeah. Having a partner isn't about that partner saving you or fixing you. Having a partner is just having an ally in life that's there for you when you need them. You should be an independent person and be able to thrive on your own. And having a partner help you or encourage you is just kind of like an added bonus or like a a life partner to join you on that journey and contribute in ways that you are unable to.
it's not to make you a full person. It's to make you a well-rounded person or a well-rounded um, team. Well, I didn't have any of that. I had an expectation. And the expectation was that you were going to fix and save the day. But it was no wonder why I was just stuck in this like misery when it came to my parents, when it came to my health and the doctor stuff and my pain, my mental health, like all of these things. And that was something that Edith really helped like when she said, you know, she asked me, what is it that you want to do? What is one thing that you want to do so bad, but you're just, you won't do it because you're too afraid that your pain or whatever. And it was hike, hike a mountain in Switzerland. That was what I said. Mm. And she said to me, well, guess what? She's like, hold on to your seat. When I say this to you, we're sitting right here. Like we are now. And she said, your pain will be your pain, whether you're here in your room talking to me or you're on that mountain in Switzerland. And when I tell you that whatever, like wh whatever glass ball was holding my brain hostage shattered. Mm -hmm. And I think that later that week, I think that, like we actually booked the trip to Switzerland for when you came home. Yeah, it was pretty much right after that. You were like, I want to go to Switzerland and like have this journey and renew our vows. And like, I want to I want to go for hikes. And we had hiked a little bit before that. Actually, no, we hadn't. We didn't even own hiking boots at that mm -hmm. point. That would have been our like first experience actual hiking. And what a hell of a place to do that in, first of all. But mm -hmm. yeah, that was when you were like, let's book this trip and just go do something that we would not have thought about doing years ago. We did. We booked that trip. And that whole deployment, I started showing back up on social media. I documented my 75 hard journey because for that whole time that all of this was happening from like the end of 2019 until, you know, the end of 2021. So literally a couple of years, I disappeared off of social media. My job was a hairstylist, hair, sharing your work on social media is part of the game. If you want to build a clientele, you got to be putting yourself out there. It's just, yeah, I disappeared. I was hiding behind all of this pain and shame and hate, like self-loathing hatred for myself. Like I literally hid all of that. And I, at some point just decided I'm going to embrace it. And instead of letting those things hold me back, I'm going to let them be the reason that I just keep going and I start doing even more. And before we sat down to record this episode, I told Matt, I was like, well, this isn't going to be a long episode because it's still ongoing. Mm -hmm. Like this is still the comeback tale. Like I'm still writing that. Uh, we're still writing that part of the story. But the biggest part is, is that I'm so far away from where I started. Mm. Like, and I really struggle with the stopping and looking back and acknowledging. But after last week and having to like go through that again, thinking about it now, it's like, it's so crazy to even think that that was a reality that we were actually sharing together at a time. While I'm working out, I'm, I've developed these habits now because 75 hard, I'm about 50 something days in and I just, 
I'm, I remember making a post on Instagram thanking these like three different um, people that I had met online since he had been gone for just really inspiring me and helping me stay committed. Two of which were um, coaches for Body, formerly Beachbody. Um, and I just was looking at the transformation that I was having. I was thinking of, cause I was so lost. I was not even in a mindset to think about what can I do now that I'm not behind the chair or teaching anymore. Matt's always telling me how like, I just, I, I'm an educator. I'm a, I'm a speaker. It's what I do. And I love to help people and like that some way or another, I would get back to that place. Even before you started leaning into your own personal development and coming out of this shell, I had always told you, you're an educator, you're an inspiring person. Look at all of the notes and cards and posters that your students have made for you over the years and how many people's lives you had changed. And all of this time, I always said, you will be back in that place. I don't know what that place is going to look like. I don't know what form it's going to take, but you will be inspiring people again. And you did, and you have helped change people's lives along the way once you figured out your new path. I really wanted to think of ways to take this newfound information, so to speak, and this knowledge from my personal experience really kind of like just not even turning over a new leaf. Like I grew a new fucking tree, <sighs> you know, like <laughs> I turned into a whole new plant. Yeah. And yeah, like I don't even know how it came to be or like what like how the conversation started, but uh, an opportunity presented itself for me to join the Beachbody community. Mm -hmm. And I didn't bat an eyelash. I had a lot of questions, but in my heart, I had already made a decision. And it was really more so getting Matt to get on board with it because he's very like skeptical about everything. But I wasn't looking at what, the company was doing. I was looking at the opportunity that I had to help other people in a very similar situation, be it their physical health or their mental health. I knew that this was a, a door that I could walk through that would open to lead me to those opportunities to help more people. And, you know, almost two years ago now, mm -hmm. I've been successfully running a coaching group where I have men, women, mothers, you know, you name it, people of all ages that come into my accountability groups and we lean on each other. And it's this place of growth. Like we don't, it's just very inspiring to think of the community that has been built from my pain. <laughs> I was going to say it was almost like the right place right time and you being the right person where you were involved in health and fitness already because you had kind of built that up over the, the previous few months you were looking for community and you found that in the women who were going through a very similar thing that you had gone through deployment wise and you wanted to kind of start your own business or get involved in something new that wasn't hair and cosmetology and boom this opportunity presents itself it literally to you. just kind of fell in my lap yeah and it was all of the things that you were looking for 
And like you said, the only thing that you had to do was run it by me. Not that if I had said, no, I don't want you to do that. Like you would have listened to me anyway, but you just wanted your partner to be on board with it. And once you told me the facts and I took a couple of days to do, you know, quote my own research, I was like, this actually looks legit and looks like exactly what you've been looking for. Let's fucking go for it. And you did. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, and after a few months of me being involved mm. with the business and just seeing the help that honestly, just seeing the way that it changed my life, I wanted Matt to really have that experience. But, you know, one thing about he and I is that we just made a commitment that we would do things as a team. Mm -hmm. Like we've always been that way since like before we even got married. We just, that's just how we are. We talk about it. We make a decision together. We do things. We've just, dude, like pretty much since our first date, we've just been attached to the hip. Yeah. <laughs> You're just my best friend. So anyway, of course, like I want my best friend showing up, being and chasing after the best version of himself, which this is actually triggering a memory of someone who left a YouTube comment that said Matt looks like the type of guy who makes his wife, me, work out. Little do they know it's the other way around. <laughs> Little do you know she made me work out. Yeah, so while Matt was on deployment, I was like, listen, this is something that we can do together. Um, maybe we're not doing it at the same exact time, but we can go through you know, the same journey. So meaning like we would do the same workout program and then that would give us just something else to talk about. Like, oh, did you struggle through this yeah. part of your workout today? Because dude, I was dying. Uh -huh. It just gave us a new thing to have in common. And looking at how it literally altered the brain chemistry of our relationship is really wild to think about now a year and a half later not only did i buy in back then but now a year and a half later we literally run a business together doing that and have multiple clients all around the country and show up and do this every day still we a just year had and a half client later. we just had a client <laughs> tell us what last week mm -hmm. that he lost 50 pounds yeah and we would not have had that opportunity if it wasn't for you showing up going through all of that growth and getting your partner on board with it because you're that yeah. inspirational person. I genuinely and often think how so many of the people that have become my friends, they have become my people, how their lives have all changed mm -hmm. because of one decision, because of my pain, because of that dark place. And I feel like that's kind of been one of my biggest revelations is that a lot of people hold this like anger and this animosity towards the, the things that they've gone through in their past. And, and like, I totally used to be one of those people, but really owning the being the hero in your story. You know, people say like, oh, you got to act main character. Yeah, fuck being a main character. I'm the hero. I'm the hero in my story because every single day I'm going to show up and save my day. And I think that like, I just, I think of all of the things that have happened for the better, not only for Matt and myself, but for the people that we've come into contact with 
for our own like family, like my sister, for example, is over a month off of cigarettes. She herself has lost 50 pounds and it's just, you know, one thing that I've been talking about, especially with like my website and my social media presence is really kind of rebranding. And one thing that I had just wrote in a blog post the other day was it's not about the working out. It's not a, like when I think chronically authentic, it's not about how you look. It's not any of those things. It's how you feel. And it, what it really truly is, is the ripple effect of how one one thing can change everything if you can just get the fuck out of your own way and tell yourself to shut up and just get it done it can literally ripple into every area you don't like your job guess what one decision can change that you can go get another job one that you like you want to start showing up on the internet and making content and putting shit out there for other people guess what you're one decision away from doing that. But for some reason, you keep telling yourself you can't do it. You have to stop saying that you cannot and say, I'm I'm doing it. It's done. And just fucking get it done. Mm -hmm. Really, that's it. We're still making progress. I'm still running after the best version of myself because mastering me as a person is going to take a lifetime. But every single day, I'm making sure that I'm checking off boxes that get me a little closer to being a better version tomorrow than I am right now. If you're one of those people, and I'm going to call you out because this is real talk. If you're one of those people who loves to constantly complain, be it about something you're not doing, be it about something that someone told you that you can't, be it about something that someone else is doing that has nothing to do with you, I'm going to get real close to the mic here so you don't miss this. Shut the fuck up. The reason those things aren't happening for you is because you're doing too much of the run in your mouth and not enough putting in the work behind the words. You know, sometimes you just got to get with the facts. And the facts are you are the only person stopping you from doing the things that you want to do you can point a finger and blame everybody else everything else that's fine i did it for 31 years guess what it was still on my shoulders to make the change mm -hmm. <laughs> nobody came in and saved nikki bunting nikki did yeah yeah <laughs> and the story continues yeah uh to be continued indefinitely I cannot tell you enough that you matter and that the things that you want when you close your eyes and you think really hard about what your life could look like if you had your way with everything, you can do those things. But the having your way with everything involves you actually doing the work because that's how you get your way, by showing up and doing it. No one's going to do it for you. It's just, yeah. So you got this. And sometimes you just need to hear someone tell you, you got this. Those three words are what got me through those days. Mm -hmm. I would literally write it in my journal in the morning. You got this. 
I would tell myself when I walk by mirrors, one thing I'm really working on, I think I said this a couple weeks ago, I'm really working on when I walk by or see my reflection, mentally saying or even saying out loud sometimes, I'm proud of you. You got to be kinder to you. You can't expect people to be nice to you if you're not being nice to yourself either. It all starts with yourself. So I love you and I appreciate you. And I thank you so much for being here, hearing my story. Where this will grow, nobody really knows. We're just along for the ride and we're going to show up every day to make sure it gets better. So don't forget to like, follow, subscribe for more. Come jump in and join the conversation, be it on YouTube, in the comments, over on Instagram, Nikki.Bunting. I'm going through a rebranding, so things are going to start changing. My website has changed and it's now NikkiBunting.com. You can find me on all socials at Nikki.Bunting. Can't wait to chat with you. And this is the last episode of 2023. So I will talk to you again in the new year. Wear your seatbelts. See you next year. (laughs) Proud of you.